0: Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free.
1: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
2: Hi, it's Manoush, and this is New Tech City. Thank you. Open it up. And that is the sound of my kids opening up presents on the first night of Hanukkah.
0: Wow. It's the new- And
2: coming soon, the Christmas presents.
1: Mom, yours is over there.
2: Between these two holidays, birthdays, the last day of school, the first day of school, half birthdays, Yom Kippur, Valentine's Day, Flag Day, ah, the list goes on and on. Let's just say it feels like there is a constant procession of battery operated toys made in China walking through our front door. And I worry that the incessant gift giving, in addition to being bad for the planet, makes each event a little less special than it was when I was growing up, back when China was an agrarian society and not a tchotchka one. So it's this time of year that I often think the solution is to scrap Christmas and Hanukkah, declare winter solstice our family holiday, and celebrate with chocolate fondue. Well, easy for me to say. I grew up with no religious affiliation, though we did celebrate the part of Christmas with the tree in the presents. Religion is just not part of my identity. My better half, however, is Jewish. And that identity is what his family rallies around. And sometimes it's just hard for me to get it. But being the nosy person I am, I really like asking people how they grew up and whether they stuck with their religion or, if they didn't, why they left. And so I asked Marielle Segarra. She's a 20-something New Yorker trying to decide whether or not to return to Christianity. And here's where the story turns to tech. Okay, and also worship. Marielle found out that the church still wants to be her friend. Her Facebook friend.
3: These days, my Sunday mornings sound like this. Me vacuuming my apartment. Or like this. That's me doing my laundry in Brooklyn. Or if it's an especially good day, like this. That was brunch at Daisy's Diner in Park Slope. But my Sundays used to sound like this.
1: All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. That was
3: a recent service at my hometown church, St. Bernard's in Levittown, New York. I was raised Catholic, but until last month, I hadn't been to mass in years. I live a really secular life. That doesn't mean religion isn't a part of it. I'm close with my parents, and they're religious. In fact, my mom goes to church every week. Normally, I attend
4: church at St. Bernard's uh, at the 5.30 mass on Sunday. If I happen to be in Brooklyn, I go to the 5 o'clock mass at St. Savior. They have a
3: a jazz mass, which I happen to like very much. She also lights candles for me and my friends before big meetings and interviews. And she sometimes sprinkles holy water on my 27-year-old brother when he's not looking. He's in med school, and she made sure to rub some on his shirt right before he took his board exams. My mom visited me in Brooklyn recently, and we talked about how things have changed for me. For recording purposes, can you tell me your, uh, your name? Annette Segarra. And your relation to me? I'm your mother. <laughs> it's weird sometimes, being so different from her, and so different from my former self. I was part of a church community my whole life attending St. Bernard's, going to Catholic high school. When I was 15, I even slept overnight in a field in Germany, along with some classmates and several other million people, just to hear the Pope speak. After I got to college, church didn't make sense to me anymore, and my religious life disappeared. Why do you think I left church?
4: Well, first of all, when you were in high school, you went to school with a very homogenous group of young people. Uh, when you went to college, you were exposed to a much broader uh, group of, uh, of young people from all backgrounds and all religions and, um, and no religion.
3: But my mom knows I didn't just slowly slip away from religion. At a certain point, I rejected it. And I think
4: that there may have been some other personal reasons, things that you went through, that you weren't getting what you needed from the church. You had questions, and you weren't able to get the answers that you needed through your own religion.
3: She's right. I had questions and no answers. And I figured many young people in New York were like me in that way, that they probably put aside or maybe even abandoned their beliefs, too. And then I stumbled upon this meetup group that was talking about social media, tech, and faith. It turns out there are a lot of young people in New York who are connecting with churches through tech. And the churches are using social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Vine. You've got churches that live-tweet Easter and whose members take selfies in the pews. One example is Liberty, a Christian church in Manhattan that launched about three years ago. Liberty has Instagram and Facebook accounts, and it also streams its services online. I showed up to services in person one Sunday last month. I'm standing in Union Square in front of the coffee shop and next to Union Ballroom where Liberty Church holds its Sunday night services. And I'm about to go in, so we'll see what happens. I go downstairs and come into what's basically a bar, and then I find Jesse Green, Pro pastor of the Liberty Union Square community. This is crazy. There are so
0: many people here. <laughs> it, and it looks like a bar. So down here? I guess it is. It is. It's like a nightclub <laughs> on Saturday night. I'm just picturing how different it probably looked last night versus right now. Um, probably extremely different. I know that they have, like, bottle service at these tables usually. <laughs>
3: we walk through the lounge area and into another room filled with projector screens, ambient lighting, and hundreds of chairs. After about an hour and a half of singing and preaching, the service ends, and I get to meet some Liberty attendees.
4: I'm David Mealy, and I'm 29.
3: David Mealy lives in the West Village, and he's been going to Liberty for more than two years. Like me, he was raised Catholic. And at some point after he moved to New York, he was looking for a new church, or, as he calls it, church shopping. And then his fate, or maybe Facebook, would have it.
4: I got a Facebook invite two and a half years ago to just show up for the Union Square launch service. Who invited you? It was the Liberty Church page. I think I was part of the targeted audience on my Facebook page based on my interests. We always joke because they say they spent like three thousand dollars on like Facebook, you know, advertising whatever. And we're always like, that was the best investment you ever made because it changed my life.
3: <laughs> I wanted to know more about how Liberty uses social media, so I sat down with Jessie Green at her apartment. She's a pastor, but she's also Liberty's communications manager. We flipped through the church's Instagram account together. So you can see, like, we have
0: kids in our church. We have, like, some hipsters, (laughs) some, like, supermodel-looking people. (laughs) So they have kids and hipsters and
3: supermodels. But what I really wanted to know was, was Liberty using social media to
0: bring in lapsed believers like me? I would say we are a 1,000% going through people like you. (laughs) And we are having success. Not just because of the social media, but I think it's also just the heart of our church. And our heart really is is to um, create relationships with people and uh, just, like, invite people to a place where they can have their own encounter with God.
3: And I actually found out that Jessie, she used to be just like me. Five years ago, I
0: wasn't a Christian. It turns out that tech is what helped her reconnect with religion. So I actually first initially we just listened to podcasts. Of other churches because of my own like fear of wanting to step in, because it just wasn't really for me. Eventually Jesse found a Christian group where she
3: did feel comfortable and she went on a mission trip around the world. Now, this would be a good time to point out that outside of church, Jessie is a marketing consultant and event planner. Tech and social media are second nature to her. So when she got back from her mission trip, she looked for a tech-savvy church and found liberty. And later, when she decided to get more involved and become a pastor,
0: it was important to her that the church use social media to evangelize. I knew the power that it had when I did event planning. And so my thought was just like, well, if these businesses that are selling a product that someone like doesn't really need are able to utilize this platform and reach so many people, then like we as a church have something that people really, really need. And, like, it would be almost sad if we missed the opportunity. All the
3: people at Liberty were so welcoming. They were young and hip, and it was like going to a concert. And I could see why people my age who were looking for a church would be attracted to that. But still, I wasn't all in. And as a former Catholic, there was something about the idea of tech mixing with religion that didn't make sense to me. I just kept wondering, could a church's digital presence end up encouraging people to sit at home in their pajamas, in front of their computers, instead of showing up to church in real life and sitting in a pew together. So I went to find another person to talk to. And this time, I looked for an older church, one that didn't always have social media and tech as part of its outreach plan.
1: I'm Nathan Brockman. I'm the director of communications and marketing at Trinity Wall Street.
3: Trinity is an Episcopal church, and it's been around for more than 300 years, since before the American Revolution. But it does social media really well. It has thousands of Twitter followers, it's on every social media platform you've heard of, and it even has its own app. It also live streams its services on the web. Nathan says it's okay with him if Trinity's live stream audience never shows up in person. Trinity is using social media in a different way than a church like Liberty in Union Square. It already has a lot of real-life churchgoers. Now it wants to build a community online.
1: We talk at Trinity around, since we have been webcasting our worship services for so long, about people who regularly watch our uh, webcast online and thinking of them as an online congregation. The sacred for us is a sense of providing that sense of welcome and hospitality and interaction and seeing people as the uh, human beings uh, that they are.
3: Many of its followers couldn't show up in person if they wanted to. Trinity's online audience members live far away, in places like China, Saudi Arabia, Iowa. After talking to all these people, I decided to go back to where it all started, Long Island and my hometown church, St. Bernard's.
2: Good evening and welcome.
3: Today the church celebrates the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. I made an appointment to talk to the pastor of the parish, Father Ralph Sommer. Our presider at Mass is Father Ralph. Please take time now to turn off cellular phones. Yes, they still want you to silence your cell phones, but that doesn't mean they're behind the times. They have a Facebook account. They even have a Twitter account, though they only have 29 followers. But they're trying social media out, and part of the push has to do with Father Ralph.
1: The Facebook account we're using really regularly, every every other day or so. We have a new photo. Most of are using it for photos yeah. to show people the activities that are going on here, yeah. and then people can comment on that.
3: He also uses Facebook instant messaging to stay in touch with church members, especially the young ones who go away to college and, like me, stop going to church entirely.
1: So, how I counter that is when kids go away to school, um, and if I have them as a Facebook friend, what I do is I catch them their first week away from home, and I just say, "How are you doing?" and we get this little whether they 're homesick or not or whether they 're excited, and then I do run the little question and say, "So have you found a local church?" Mm-hmm. It's funny. The first person I ever did this with uh, said, no, there were no Catholic churches anywhere around. And while I was online, I, of course, Googled the college that he was going to, found out that two hours from the time we were instant messaging that they were going to have a mass right on campus in one of the halls. So I said, do you know where, I don't know, Hamilton Hall is? And he goes, why, yes. I said, good. In two hours, at 7 o'clock, there's a Catholic mass going on.
3: But Father Ralph told me he still prefers to evangelize face-to-face.
1: For me, using social media is my least favorite way of reaching out to people. People say, well, if St. Paul was alive today, wouldn't he be using a Twitter account? Wouldn't he be using Facebook? The way I look at it is the only reason anyone cared about Paul's letters in the early church is because of who Paul was and how he engaged them when he went from city to city. His preaching, his teaching, his one-on-one conversations with people, that's what made him an important apostle, bringing the good news of the gospel to people. And then they cared. And then his letters lived on.
3: He says it's going to take a lot more than a tweet to bring lapsed believers like me back to Mass.
1: I don't think if someone is having a real struggle with something that happened to them in the church community in the past, that putting up a picture of a pasta dinner is going to say, wow, wow. I really need to be forgiven or any of the other things that are involved in in a change of heart.
3: So, could social media be the thing that brings me back to church? Right now, probably not. My most meaningful experiences with my faith were always really personal and one-on-one. Social media Christianity ends up seeming sort of hollow to me. But that's just me. In many cases, these platforms are helping churches bring in people who don't go to services or maybe even don't believe in God anymore. And Jesse Green says that converting even one person like me would make all of Liberty's social media efforts worth the investment.
0: The thing is, is like, if one person had a relationship with God after finding a tweet or something, then like, we'll do 100,000 more tweets. Because like a win for us or a success for us is like even just one person finding out who God is. For New Tech City, I'm Marielle Segarra.
2: Hi, it's Manoush here again. So did Marielle's journey make you feel inspired or uncomfortable? Like Marielle, I feel really conflicted about this trend. And I know Marielle isn't the only one out there tossing these choices around in her head. Thinking through religion is a rite of passage. So we'd love to know, what's your version of this story? One of our WNYC colleagues told us that in the 50s, her mother's church would hold mass at the drive-in. It was the priest's way of trying to reach the young folks. Leave a comment on the webpage for this episode at NewTechCity.org or hit us up on Twitter at NewTechCity or if it's personal and you've got a secret for me, I'm at Manouche Z. Thanks for listening. This is New Tech City.